0: Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ's likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and so glad you've joined me on today's podcast. Glad you're joining in the conversation. I want to invite you men, share this on your social media, share these YouTube links, Wherever you're watching this or listening to this, man, share this with your buddies. Share this with your friends. Let's get more guys sitting around the table in the conversation here on Marksman. And let's together support each other as we aim our lives at Christ's likeness. And I want to talk with you just today about what does that really mean? Let's, let's boil it down to its most simplest form. What does it mean To live Christ like? Well, we have to ask our question why did Jesus come? What was lost that he was restoring? What was lost in the Garden of Eden? And what was restored through the life of the man, Jesus Christ? That's the question we need to ask ourselves because if we can answer that question, then we know why he did what he did, why he came. And and we can real quickly maybe jump to a conclusion, think, well, I needed to be forgiven. My sins needed to be forgiven. That's true. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yes, our sins were a major problem in us coming back to God. Our sins had created a huge void, a huge gap, a huge chasm over which we could not cross. A bridge had to be built. A door had to be opened. And yes, Jesus is that bridge. Jesus is that door. But what I'm getting at is the why. Why would he have done it? So, again, asking ourselves the question, what was lost in the Garden of Eden? And if you've watched much of Marksman or listened to it much on Spotify or whatever your podcast platform is, you've maybe heard us touch on this a little bit. But back in Genesis chapter 3, one time I was doing some study in that portion of Scripture, actually planning to kind of teach in a different direction from what I discovered but this has been a frequent thing with me and the holy spirit sometimes i'll be in the scripture and i'll just be digging into something whether i'm personally in the word for myself or whether i'm studying for some something i'm going to be ministering you know to others about and sometimes the holy spirit of course he's the author of the word and when we get in the word he's with us in the word He'll just whisper something to me. He'll just highlight something to me. Something will just stand off the page, or he'll ask me a question. And that's what happened one day when I was reading Genesis 3 about where the fall of man is recorded and the original temptation of man is recorded. And the Holy Spirit asked me that question I just asked you. He said, what was lost in the Garden of Eden? Because doesn't the Bible say that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost? And a lot of times we jump to the conclusion, well, he came to seek and save who was lost. And of course, we were lost. You know, it is about who, but it's also about what? What was lost? Because what was lost is tied to who was lost, and that's you and I. And let's take that word lost real quick and define that. You know, a lot of times if you talk about being lost, guys, you know, you think about, well, you're out in the woods, you know, you, you kind of lose your orientation. And so you're kind of, you don't know where you are. So you could use the term lost. And yes, that's a, that's a valid definition of lost. But when Jesus taught about the word lost, Luke 15 records a trilogy, a trilogy of stories that Jesus taught about things that were lost talked about a lost sheep, talked about a lost coin, and then he talked about a lost son. And yes, again, the definition of being lost in the woods and kind of being disoriented, don't know where I am, that's valid. I'm not challenging that to say that's wrong, but I'm saying when Jesus taught on the subject of being lost, the coin, the sheep, the son, in Luke 15, basically what he's talking about is something was not where it belonged. Something was not where it was belonged. The coin was not where it belonged. The sheep was not where it belonged. The sun was not where it belonged. And so something that is lost is simply something or someone not where it belongs. Okay, so now back in the garden, the Garden of Eden, what was lost? Well, the heart of man is no longer where it belongs. We're no longer in a place where we once were before sin entered the human experience. So let's go back to that day when Adam and Eve fell. And let's go back to that question the Holy Spirit was asking me. And I was asking you earlier as we began here today. What was lost in the Garden of Eden? So I began to put forth to the Holy Spirit the things that I I knew what happened in, in Genesis 3. This was the fall of man. This was the original temptation. These were things that I knew, the things things that I've been taught, things that I understood, things that as I read through that passage, I could clearly see. But the Holy Spirit pressed upon my heart again. What was lost in the garden? What really happened in the Garden of Eden? And I honestly, as I combed through it, I read through it a couple times I couldn't come up with any more answers other than the fact of what I, I could see and what I'd been taught, and I knew that man had had sinned and and Eve, you know, had had sinned and gave to her husband and he did eat and, and you know they they violated God's instruction they they broke the rule right we understand that they broke the rule um, they ate what they weren't supposed to eat. Um, I just couldn't come up with any more answers. And Holy Spirit kept pressing upon me. What really happened in the Garden of Eden? What was lost? And because I couldn't come up with any more answers theologically that I knew were the the correct answers, and none of the things I were saying was wrong. That is what happened. But Holy Spirit was trying to get even deeper into the issue because it's tied to what was restored through the life of Jesus and why Jesus did what he did for you and I. So here's what I did. I just said, Holy Spirit, I, I guess I don't see what you're wanting to show me what what really happened in Genesis three. What really happened in the Garden of Eden? What was really lost? And it was almost like a, a smile. I could sense the smile and pleasure of the Holy Spirit. And he said, Mark, what was lost in the Garden of Eden was a father lost the trust of his son and daughter wow that <laughs> that that hit me pretty deep i thought how did i not see that how did i not get that i mean to me a rule was broken and sometimes that's where we we come at god from god's just this rule maker and then we got to be the rule keeper God's the rule maker. This this Bible is just a book of rules and God's the enforcer of the rules and you better not break the rule. And sometimes that's all it can be to even people we try to share our faith with and we try to share the Lord with and we talk to them about the reality of heaven and hell and, and sometimes it can all be about the rules, the boundaries, don't cross the boundaries, don't break the rule. You know, I'm thinking about as I'm, I'm sharing this with you, I hadn't thought about sharing this, but uh, my son Samuel one time came to, to mom and I and and he said, hey guys, I want to share with you something the Lord revealed to me. We were doing some work here around the house and actually uh, the, the house where we live, um, it's on a property where there's some cattle and cattle, you know, a little feedlot not too far from the house here and and Samuel and Daniel were helping uh, Mr. Murphy here with some of the cattle. And he was out one morning early working with the cows. It was his turn to take care of the cows. And he was out just taking care of the cows. And the, and the Lord just whispered to him, like I mentioned earlier, the Lord whispered to me. And he said, Samuel, rules without relationship breed rebellion. So I want to say that again. Rules without relationship breed rebellion. So I want to tie into the, today this idea of relationship. And I want to define for, t- for you today that faith is a word connected to relationship, not theology. Faith is a word connected to relationship and trust, not theology. Because what the Holy Spirit whispered to me that day was that very word trust what was lost in the garden of eden what was lost was a father lost the trust trust of his son and daughter and so then flip the coin what did jesus restore what was jesus life given to you and i about was it was it just to remove our sins and don't don't hear me wrong i'm not saying just to make light of it i'm saying just in a sense of only was it only to remove our sins No, it was to remove our sins, but why did he remove our sins? So that something could then be seen about his life. What was his life? What does it mean when we read that Jesus only did what he saw with his father? What does it mean that he only said what he heard his father say? What does that mean? That means he lived a life of complete trust. He lived a life of complete trust dependence upon the father go with me please to psalm 118 let's get into some scripture here today let's let's see this in the word psalm 118 verses 8 and 9 this is an interesting uh, verse and you can you can find this on the internet you can find this just with a simple little search but it's an interesting point um you know obviously man created chapter and verse in the bible it wasn't something necessarily god created these these books we say of the bible these letters in the new testament they weren't written in chapter and verse that's something man did for reference sake and sometimes when you look at the chapter and verse you know sometimes the chapter changes but the thought the thought isn't necessarily changing so Sometimes that chapter thing can kind of get in the way of staying in the flow of the thought of what the writer is saying. So I'm not saying the chapter thing is all about being inspired, but it's interesting. God works in spite of man's dealings. And so even though man put the chapters and the verses there for reference sake so that you and I could say, go to Psalm 118, verse eight, and we all are looking at the same words, that's very, very convenient. But look at this in Psalm 118, verse eight and nine. It says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. So trust is what this book, our Bible, is all about. This is all about trust. Because it was all about trust in the Garden of Eden. And it was all about trust in the life of the man, Jesus Christ. When he said, I only do what I see with my father, and I only say what I've heard with my father, what is he demonstrating? What is he exemplifying? He's exemplifying a man trusting God. So back to this chapter and verse thing, uh, some people have done the, the effort of taking the, the Bible and you take the total number of chapters in the Bible, and if you divide it in half, just go, boom, cut it in half, total number of chapters, cut it in half, you come to chapter Psalm, Psalm 118, that chapter in the Bible. So that's you could say that's the center of the Bible. So you go from Genesis to Revelation, total number of chapters, whatever that number is, cut it in half, you come to Psalm 118. And if you take the total number of verses in the Bible, whatever that number total is, chop it in half, you come to Psalm 118 and verse 8. In other words, it's 1,188. So whatever the double that is, I can't do the math in my head, but that's the center verse of the Bible. This is the center chapter of the Bible. And it's interesting, right before Psalm 118, you have the shortest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 117. And then right after it, Psalm 119, you have the longest chapter in the Bible. I don't know if that means anything. That's just kind of a fun thing. But it is cool that if you divide the chapter and verse, you get right to the center of the Bible. In other words, what is the center issue? What is the center point of scripture? What is the Bible telling us about what the issue is in life? It's about trust. It's about who are you trusting? It's about who can you trust? It's about where do I put my trust? Psalm 118 says, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. We've all been let down by man. Somebody has let us all down. Being disappointed by people is just a it's almost to something you can count on in life. But the Lord has never let us down. We can put our trust in him. And it is better to put our trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Go to John 15 with me. Let's look at another scripture and see how Jesus himself in his own words said that this issue of trust was what his life was all about. And he connected his life And he compared it by virtue of what he said to the life of Adam. In fact, the Bible scripture calls Jesus the last Adam. Of course, Adam and Eve, first Adam, Adam and Eve, um, you know, originating Adam, but then Jesus, the last Adam. So here it says in John 15 and verse 10, here's what Jesus said. John 15, verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide you will continue, you will live, you will dwell in my love. Even as I have kept, I've obeyed my father's commandments and abide and dwell in his love. So again, this idea of obedience, he said, if you keep and obey my commands, you'll abide in my love. Just like I kept and obeyed my father's commands, and abide in his love. So this idea of obedience, and I mean, that's a four-letter word. Sometimes we don't like to talk about those four-letter words, but that's a powerful word. Who are we going to obey? Because who we obey is who we're trusting. See, do you see how trust, or you could say faith, those words are synonymous. Again, faith is a relational word, because faith is all about trust, and who we trust is, is who we're going to obey. Who we obey is who we're trusting. And so Jesus said, if you keep or obey my commandments, you're going to abide and you're going to live in my love. Just like I kept, I obeyed my Father's command and abide and dwell in his love. In other words, he obeyed the Father and he's asking us to obey him. He trusted the Father and he's asking us, To trust him. So let me ask you the question today, men. Do you trust Jesus? Do you trust this man, Jesus Christ? Do you trust him that he is the Savior of mankind and the Savior of the souls of man? Do you trust what he gave us as his words recorded in the gospel accounts? Do you trust what he's saying right here that if you obey me, just like I obeyed the Father, you'll dwell in me just like I dwell and abided in the Father. Do you, are you willing to answer that question today? Who do you trust? Who can I trust? Where do I put my trust? Because that's the issue in life. That's the answer you got to come up with before you leave this life, before your heart stops beating, before you take your last breath. You have to answer the question, who can I trust? Who do I trust? Where do I put my trust? And do you see in John fifteen ten that what was lost in the garden was man trusting God, man remaining in the love of God, And what Jesus restored was a man trusting God, a man remaining in the love of God. See, the first Adam did not remain. The first Adam did not trust. The first Adam did not obey. The first Adam did not believe. At some point, that trust was broken. At some point, he disobeyed. But the last Adam, Jesus, he never broke that trust. He never didn't obey. He never didn't trust. And that's why he said, come follow me, trust me, obey me, follow me. And I want you to go to Hebrews four as we conclude today's podcast. Hope you're enjoying today's conversation about what's the Bible all about? What's the issue in this life? What's the center of this Bible about? It's all about trust. It's all about who will you trust? Who can you trust? Where do you put your trust? Because sometimes, like in Luke 15, all those parables, what was lost? Something's not where it belongs. Where does our trust belong? Psalm 118 says, don't put it in man. That's not where your trust belongs. Where does my trust belong? My trust belongs in God my trust belongs in my father. My trust belongs in Jesus. That's where my trust belongs. If my trust is not in Jesus, if my trust is not in the father, then my trust is misplaced. My trust is lost. But that can be solved just like that. I can put my trust back in the Lord. I can put my trust back in God. And maybe that's something you need to do today. Maybe your trust is not where it belongs. Maybe you're just wrecked with disappointment, wrecked with frustration, wrecked with irritation. You're you're just you're cycling in anger and frustration. It's all about trust. Restore your trust today. Put your trust back where it belongs. Don't put it in people. Put your trust in the Lord. We're called to love people and trust God. We're called to love people and trust God put your trust back in the father today. Put your trust back in Jesus today. Put your trust back where it belongs today. Look at Hebrews four. This is so powerful. We're going a little bit longer today. I'm not apologizing it, but man, this is such a strong word on my heart for you today. men. Let's put our trust back in the Lord. Let's restore our trust back in him. If we're dealing with frustration, if we're dealing with irritation, if we're dealing with anger, if we're dealing with hopelessness, if we're dealing with any of these feelings that are toxic and hurtful, causing us to behave in all kinds of ways, we don't need to treat our wife that way, our kids that way, our co-workers that way. If we're just unhappy, it's, it's simply, the Bible says, happy is the man who trusts in the Lord. That's right, recorded in the book of Proverbs. Happy is the man who trusts who trust in the lord so if i'm not happy it's an indicator it's an it's like an alarm it's like my dashboard goes off on my car something's wrong you know check engine light so to speak in my the heart of man if I'm not happy, it's simply because I've misplaced my trust. My trust is somewhere other than the Lord. My trust is somewhere other than God. If I'm not happy, if I'm not fulfilled, if I'm not full of joy and peace, the Bible says in Romans fifteen thirteen, God, who is a God of hope will fill you and I with joy and peace in believing. So, if if I'm not believing and trusting, because believe is a trust word, if I'm not believing and trusting God, then I'm not going to have joy and peace. But if I'm believing and I'm trusting God, then I'm going to have the fullness of joy and I'm going to have the fullness of peace. And it doesn't matter how man are treating me, people treating me, even my wife treating me, my children treating me, people treating me. My joy and peace is not based on their behavior. My joy and peace is based on who am I trusting? Who am I following? Who am I believing? Come on, guys. We can do this. We can walk with Jesus just like he walked with God. So here in Hebrews 4, I'm going to read verse 2 from the Amplified so get ready, it's going to be a little bit loud because it's amplified, right? And I hope it amplifies and just literally just, uh, uh, that it just sears your heart. And these words are branded on your heart today out of Hebrews 4 verse 2. It says in the Amplified, indeed, we have had the glad tidings, the gospel of God, Proclaim to us how I many we've had the gospel of jesus christ who he is and what he did and why he did it because we're so valuable to god we're his lost sons and daughters and he wants our trust back in him our trust has been lost we've put our trust in other things we've put our trust in our careers we've put our trust in people we've put our trust in things we've put our trust in accomplishments And all those things leave us still empty because our trust belongs in God, in him. So we've had this good news delivered to us, just like that good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. This is the children of Israel. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith. What does faith mean? That's right. Trust. Trust. It was not mixed with trust. It was not mixed with faith. And I love what they amplified in parentheses. It says "This is what faith is. This is what trust is. It's the leaning of the entire personality on God in absolute trust and confidence. It's what faith is. It's the leaning. You can lean on God you can lean on his promise, you can lean on his word, you can lean on his spirit, you can lean on his son, you can lean on him, I can lean on him. That's what faith is. It's the leaning of the entire personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. Come on guys. Let's put our trust back in God. If anything's stealing your joy, if anything's stealing your peace, it's not because of what's happening, it's because of where your trust is. Just for me too. I'm wearing this together guys. I'm having just a little pow-wow with you. I'm not just encouraging you, I'm encouraging myself. If something has stole my joy or yours, if something has stole my peace or yours, it's not because of what they did or how it's going. It's because of where my trust is. Come on. It's because of where my trust is. If my trust is in God, my hope can be full. My joy can be full. My peace can be full because he is faithful. Hallelujah. Say it with me, guys. He is faithful. What's that mean? He's trustworthy. He's worthy of my trust. He's worthy of your trust. He is faithful. If he did not withhold Jesus, Romans 8 says, he will not withhold anything that you and I need. Man, guys, I hope this has stirred your heart today. I've stirred my own heart. I've stirred up my own hope. I've stirred up my own joy. I've stirred up my own peace because God is faithful. He is worthy to be trusted. Even though Adam didn't trust him, him and Eve didn't trust him. Jesus did. And then Jesus gave us his life, and he's going to robe us in his righteousness, his perfect life of trust and obedience. He gives it to you and I as a gift, and he says, now follow me. Let's trust God together. Amen? Let's follow Jesus today, guys. Let's follow Jesus all week long, every day, all day. Let's just walk in the righteousness that he gives us, and let's trust God. Let's trust God's word, because he is faithful. I want to thank you for tuning in to Marksman today, watching the podcast, listening to the podcast. And again, encourage you guys, share this link share this YouTube link share this with your buddies let's get more guys sitting around the table let's get let's get the support that we draw from one another as together we aim our lives at Christ likeness